You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. I can't say the unthinkable has occurred, but I, I tell you the shock of Rav Chaim Kanievsky, Zechert Tzad of Kodesh death. I think he, he was a man that lived to be 94 years old. And it's not like he was taken away earlier than other people of, of, of his generation, although his father-in-law did live to be 102. Um, I, I think that what's shocking to people is, is that Rav Chaim was not just a human being who learned Torah. People saw him and Torah as, as one thing. His, his knowledge of Torah was so encyclopedic, so comprehensive. And it wasn't just that he was a savant. It was almost like he understood the Torah better than anyone else. All little aspects of Torah. It could be almost anything. It wasn't just one mikzoa. It was everywhere. There was nothing that he didn't know. There was nothing that he couldn't write about or speak about. Um, and he would consistently surprise everyone with his incredible ideas and the way he lived, which was similar to his father-in-law and his father, of course, was extremely modest. But remember, even his father-in-law died 20 years ago. Well, well, it wasn't 20. Um, it was um, um, uh, about 2012, his father-in-law died, I believe. Um, it, things have changed somehow in 10 years. And, and Rav Chaim, sort of with Rav Steinman's death as well, he sort of like was, in, in a way, the umwood of, of what Torah meant. And how could, how could Torah be gone? I think that's really part of the question. Reports are there was a million people at the funeral today. A million people. It might be one of the greatest funerals that anyone in Klal Yisrael has ever received. I don't know the numbers. But if you think about it, we don't, I don't believe that the, the, the commonwealth of Klal Yisrael at the time of David HaMelech and Shlomo was as large as that. A million people? We have numbers from Bayesheni that the Gemara talks about. Still, I think it's something that needs to be commented upon. The Torah is gone almost. And um, well, I, I think... Moshe Rabbeinu had all three million people? Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. But Moshe Rabbeinu didn't have a funeral in the same way. You know what I'm saying? Moshe Rabbeinu, in a way, he he had a stalkus. Nobody knew where he was. Makankur, there was definitely the mourning. But but the idea of a million people being part of a procession um, involved in the funeral, Richard, I don't know. Some say three million people mourned for Moshe Rabbeinu. But it wasn't like there was an involvement that there was a walking people walked towards some place they they in a way they were part of a funeral a million people were part of a funeral today that is really something and um and and i and i would assume that the shock isn't that the shock is he was so he was so identified with with torah he was like not just a man who learns Torah and a great tzaddik who learns Torah. He was Torah. <laughs> he and Torah, and, and, and for the children of the, of the last 10 years, his image is the image of what Torah looks like. That's what Torah is. Torah is Reb Chaim. And, um, yeah, and, and therefore, I think there is a, uh, you know, 
I would say something even further here. For many, we would say we need to speak I feel funny saying that. <laughs> this is a, like we have to be mildly his neshama. He needs my he needs Kivalevich and, and, and to, to say over Tyra for, for his neshama. We're not talking about somebody who, oh, yo, you know what? Everybody, it's almost like there was no, every single second of his life was Tyra. Every single moment that he could think properly, he was involved in learning, teaching, um, mostly learning and learning everything and writing incredible svarim. I would say it's not so much, we, I want to give this shiri linish say. It's that, that because we are thinking of him, we must learn and we must try to do what we can and learn in a great way. I'm not going to have the, the chutzpah to say, this year should be of Rav Chaim. I can't say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like there's, is there any suffix that his neshama is going to, is Zoha to the greatest, greatest mandrega? I mean, the, the, I, I, it's partial to me that Rishonim, Achronim, Tanoyim and Amaroyim, they all came out to 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 be machnis Rav Chaim into this great yeshiva Shomala. There's no question about it. I mean, it, it's like yes, every single one. There's a. It's like I need. We need to learn to. Oh, let's make sure that Rav Chaim has chusim. Yes, chuyot Rav Chaim. It's 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 laughable, but we must take notice of it, and we must try to learn. And I pick a subject that has to do with death and has to do with something that perhaps makes us think more about, about his, his, his not being with us. It's connected to the Gemara that we did two weeks ago. So anyway, let's just start. If you remember, the, this was the Gemara that the uh, Raubag and Rabbeinu Yona and his Talmidim were squaring off on, which had to do with um, the idea of, of mitzvos changing in a different period. Do mitzvahs change? Do, do, do we lose mitzvahs? Do mitzvahs, are mitzvahs gone after a certain time? I don't, know if that, I don't know if it's better or not. So anyway, so we look at the Gemara. The Gemara starts off, if you remember from two weeks ago, the Gemara says, and here you see, Okay, because, as we explained last time, that that Beged, the Goy is, even though a Jew you would tell him, oh, there's Klyam in here, don't wear it. The non-Jew, he doesn't have Klyam. But you never know, he's going to put it back into the marketplace and sell it to a Jew, and he's not going to indicate, because you're not going to tell the guy anything, so don't sell it to a guy. Even if you tell him, he's not going to care. And you can't make it, you can't use it for a saddle for a donkey. But you're allowed, a mace is allowed to wear those begodim, Right? You can take those, you can take that beged and whip it into um, shrouds for a dead person. And that gets into the question of, hmm, well, wait, shrouds for the dead person. Does that mean when he, when he, when he comes back to life, he can be wearing shrouds that have climb in it? Rabbi Yosef says, yes, that could happen. Anyway, as you remember, the Gemara says, no, no, that's a machlokas between Amaroyim. Rabbi Yosef is with Rabbi Yochanan, but Rav Ami holds that, no, he could wear it only for the funeral. As, as, as Bob, remember, you can wear it for the funeral to yes. show them off, but then you have to strip them from them or, or exchange them in mm. a covetic way, not in a way where I guess you make the body naked. You do it in a way, begged by begged. The same, 
that that's exactly what bothered me. That was exactly the point. Right. You're, you're right. not. You're, you're, I don't think. Oh, strip that guy off. No, no. Yeah, yeah. You take one off, put the other one on. You you know, I, you've done Taharis. You know what I'm talking about, right? So mm-hmm. you do it in a way where the it's not like oh now he's naked. Give him the other stuff. No, you take one off. You put the other one on. Just like just like it was with the, the Medrash explains the way the death of Aaron and Moshe as the begged came off fire. Uh, engulfed that area of the body. If you remember the midrashim that speak about when Aaron went to be to the Har Hahar to die, he took off each beged, and as he took off each beged, it, that area of his body was then uh, a fire uh, was over that place. Similarly, okay, so now this shirt's off. Right as you take the shirt off, put on this other shirt. Okay, why are you doing this? You're doing this because the stuff that was climbing was much fancier. Uh, and, and again, it, 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 maybe it, it gleamed better. Maybe you were making a video and it, it, it reflected the light in a better way. Whatever the reason was, it was more covered for him to wear the climb bigot. Now, but when he gets buried, Ravami says, and Tchias HaMesim will happen, then he should not be wearing climb. Okay, that got us to another question altogether. If you take a look here, though, it would seem... According to this, though, that, um, you know, according to Rabbi Yochanan, he's wearing Klyim. Um It means when Trias HaMesim occurs, as we saw in Tosfos, when Trias HaMesim occurs. So what that means is when Trias HaMesim occurs, that means it's, it's not it, it's not that as we saw. It's not that problematic that during the moment of Tchias HaMesim should be wearing Klyam, maybe then he changes it, like the Maritzchias explained. And according to Ravami, he, uh, he wears the Klyam only for during the period of the funeral. So Tosfus asks the following question. Tosfus on the page, we're going to see a number of versions of this. So Tosfus says, Vim Tomer. It seems that, okay, maybe you should take it off because he's going to have to during the funeral. It's okay. What about what about this Pasuk in Mishle that says that if you make fun of someone who has nothing, how arrogant you are of what you did. You, you, you're taking advantage. What's the Leigh you're putting him into something that's oser. It's almost like you're saying, yeah, don't worry about it. He's dead. We can give him the climb. That's fine. If he'd be alive, you wouldn't put climb on him. Oh, no, he's dead. Isn't that leigh Could amr what do we say in in, in, in What do we say over there? So we say in the Gemara, the Gemara says the following. Now, the, the Tosus only quotes one part of the Gemara. In order to see the rest of the Gemara, I'm going to rely here on the Tosus Harosh. So. We know that according to the Gemara, you're supposed to put tzitzis on the person at the funeral. When he's dead, when he dies, 
when you're getting his body ready, you're supposed to put tzitzis on there. What does it say? It says in Menachos, Omer Shmuel, Kli Kufso Chayavin B'Tzitzis. And let's say, Shmuel says that if you have begodim that are just in your drawers, they're just in your dresser, you still got to put tzitzis on them. They're four corners, you put tzitzis on them. Omer Shmuel, why? Because even though you're not wearing it, the beged needs tzitzis, Shmuel says. However, Shmuel said, let's say a man, and Bob, this, this indicates that what, what we learned last week is true. Meaning an old man who decides he's going to put away, he's, he has a four-cornered beged that he wants for his tachrichim. He says, this is, um, this is what I'm going to be decked out in when I die. So that beged is potter from tzitzis. He puts it in a special place. He doesn't have to put tzitzis. Even if he decides to wear it for some reason, that beged is potter. But the Gemara says, but when he does die, during his lifetime, you don't have to put tzitzis on it. But the Gemara says, when he dies, vadai raminan lay. You definitely put tzitzis on it. Mishum So Tosfus and the and the Rosh afterwards, you know, his version of Tosfus, whatever. Tosa Rosh really, you have to understand what Tosa Rosh means. The the some people think Tosa Rosh is the Rosh's version of Tosfus. I that is not what it means. There might have been some editing that the Rush did to it to fine-tune it. But basically, when the Rush left Germany, he knew he was leaving. I always compare it to, um, you know, Superman leaving planet Krypton as it, Krypton is, is blowing up. Um, Germany is finished. There's been so many, there's been massacres. Jews cannot live normally there. This is a man who, you know, grew up as a as a his Jorel, so to speak, the one who raised him was the Marami Rutenberg, mayor of Rothenburg, who ends up um, in a in a dying in prison. His best friend, one of his close friends from Mordechai Ben Hillel, ends up being slaughtered horribly in the Rheinfleisch massacres. The rush appeals to the the great Rav of the Rashba, the student of Rabbeinu Yona to find him a place to become a Rav in Spain. It happens to be that the Rav in the city of Toledo, Spain, had died. And the Rashba intercedes and says, there's this German rabbi. I know he doesn't speak the language, but I think it's worthwhile for you to invest in bringing him, and we're going to try to get him to come. So the Rashba, along with the community of Toledo, do, do what they can to be able to save the rush, to pluck him away from the horrors of German life of what was there, and they brought him to Spain. And it's an incredible success story, because in Spain, he flowered, even though he saw things that were different and he didn't speak their language. He was a person who was, was, was the Godolador of Spain, just like Rechaim was. He was but in Spain. And he, he was a person to, to really, he was able to straddle two worlds, the world, the Germany, the Krypton, so as it was, that was imploding, and the Spain that still had a hundred years 
uh, or so, 150 years of vibrancy left until 1397, when you have the uh, the first expulsion from Spain. Um, and then 1492 was 100 years later, but 1397 was really the closing of Spain when the Murano period began. So the Rosh, who lived into the 14th century, um, was really that great master who was able to come from Germany to Spain. Now, the Rosh knew when he was leaving, he better take some stuff with him, right, in that, in that rocket ship. So he decided he was going to, he worked on taking the best versions of Tosfas he could get. Because you know what? He's going to have to learn. And he wants to have the manuscripts of Tosfus with him. So he collects the best copies because he's going to study the Gemara with those Tosfus editions. So he gets those, those Tosfus and that he, that he collects and fine tunes, those are called the Tosfei Harosh or the Tosfus Harosh. Now, obviously, he probably, you know, tinkered with them and perhaps made some additions to it, but that's what we call the Tosfus Harosh, is, 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 is that's what that is. Um, so they are, they represent in, in, in some part a more, um, let me say it better, a more evolved version of Tosfus than some of the other earlier editions. Um, and, they, you know, so that's what the Tosfus Harosh is. And you can see though he brings this Gemara. Let's go back to the Tosfus that's printed on the page. We'll, we'll, we'll refer back to the Rosh soon. Again, the question is, is that, wait, you're putting tzitzis on the guy. So look at the way Tosfus says it. If you're putting tzitzis on the guy because you don't want to be Leigh Rosh. So if that's true, then You've, then how can you put Clium on him? <laughs> you're, you're putting Tzitzis on him, so you're putting Clium on him too? So, Upirish Rashbam, the Rashbam explains the Ein Bo Yisr. Hmm. So the Rashbam, Rashi's grandson, was bothered by this question, and he says there's a difference. The Gemara Menachas is right. You're going to put Tzitzis on him. It's like a Rosh. But there's no Yisr of him wearing Clium. Why? What's the point? You're dead. You can't do mitzvahs. Wait. Dead, it's, it's not just because you're out of this world. The physical definition of uh, someone who is not alive means that he doesn't feel the cold of the elements. And clothing does not help him. So let's say you'd have a living person that was alive, but could not feel or clothing didn't help him at all. So that person, there wouldn't be any issue of wearing Clium. Clium is on a beget. Clium is on something that when you put on you, it, 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 it gives you a, a, a sense of protection and warmth. A mace doesn't have that. And even if you'd be alive with those same characteristics, not just because you're out of this world and mitzvahs don't apply to you. So, yeah, look, even if you'd be alive and you'd be having the same sort of uh, 
benefit or non-benefit of your body, that your body does not feel the cold and your body doesn't have any sensation of feeling towards heat so you or, 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 or protection, you would be potter from client if a living person was in that state. So therefore, it's not like, oh, oh, the mace is wearing Klyim. No, a mace would be would be potter from wearing Klyim. A human being who the begotim, he's he has a, a, a scientific, a medical condition that he's always hot and that begotim just are scratchy and itchy and uncomfortable. He could wear Klyim because that would not be considered the Isser. The Isser is as we learn out from the psukim of Levisha, as he says, that's not called Levisha. That is the Rosh Palm's answer. So on that, Tosfus asks, Vikasha, Dotsitsis Nami When it comes to Tsitsis, we know that if you have a person who the Beget does not do anything for, and he doesn't give him any Hanel Levisha, you could wear a four-cornered baguette and not have tzitzis on it. Now, we know the Mishnah told us that if a person is selling clothing, he is allowed to wear klayim and be a human mannequin, me'ikar adin, because it's not giving you any benefit. You're hot in it. You're only doing it to show people how this looks so you can get a purchase. So Tosva says, The truth is, tzitzis and klayim are the same. So therefore, if you're telling me in the Gemara you put tzitzis on a person, then he should not have klayim on him. It's layagvarosh. So that was the question on the Rashbam. The Rashbam's younger brother is Rabbeinu Tam. What does Rabbeinu Tam say? Rabbeinu Tam says, no. In other words, basically, Klayim is a bad Avera. But really, if you think about the Rashbam's way of looking at things, what would that body be had you been alive? Had you been technically still alive and in this world, you would be potter from tzitzis, you'd be potter from klayim. You wouldn't have to put tzitzis, you'd have to wear klayim. But to re- deprive you from tzitzis, which in this world is considered, although it's a mitzvah saseh, and klayim is a low saseh, tzitzis is... All the mitzvahs are like tzitzis because you remember them all. So taking that away from a mace is a is leigorosh. Not because necessarily you could use the svarab mace. You should be potter anyway because you don't feel anything. But the, this mitzvah, which is so incredible, it stands for everything. And you're not putting tzitzis on this guy. That's why it's called Leir Garosh, but Klaim is different. That's Rabbeinu Tam's answer. Mivzachartem is called Mitzvah Hashem. Okay. Um, then Tosva says, Mishameso. 
Rabbi Kivalevich, can I yes. just ask you Sure. sure. Um, I don't understand how... Omrway, Rebbe, or Abchia. Rebbe told, the great Yehuda Nasi told his prime student, Rebchia, right? Dalei lekanfacha. Pick up, pick up the, the knafim. Pick up the, um, Pick up the 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 what's dragging on the ground. The strings of your tzitzis are 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 dragging on the ground, meaning they're so low that they're hitting the gravestones. Why? The lolemru. We don't want them to say lemoch are bayanetzlenu. Tomorrow they're going to be dead. And here they are, like walking around with their tzitzis out. And the and, and and the the strings are touching the place where the person is buried. Now, Tosfos is asking a steerer between the two Gemaras. The Gemara Menacho says that they put tzitzis on on you, and even the Beged Bob didn't have tzitzis, and he wanted it for his kavura for his for his funeral. Right? We still put tzitzis on it because we don't want to do laying barrage. So he asks, what about, so why does the Gemara say that don't oh, put your tzitzis in? If this is true, they've all wearing, all the men are wearing tzitzis anyway. They have tzitzis on. And that's the reason why we bury them with tzitzis. So why are we worried about our tzitzis out? So now we have a second aspect of Loyeg Barosh. Tosva says. When we're walking there and we are wearing our tzitzis, showing in a way we're fulfilling that mitzvah. And they don't have that mitzvah. Even though they have tzitzis on their body, but we are showing that we are fulfilling mitzvahs, and they are not. So even though they have got tzitzis on, because we had to put the tzitzis on, otherwise it would have been another leg marosh. But now there's another leg marosh by, by wearing them out. It's still called kari, we still call it leg marosh. Before we get to your question, Bob, um, well, actually, we're going to get, let's get to your question, and I'm going to show you another answer to Rosh. V'yim Tomar. Achshav, sha'onu regilin, l'hosir tzitzis mitalitos, amazing. Our minag is to actually take the tzitzis off. Or, as you were talking about, they passled one of them, right? That's what they would do. They would, what they would do is they would, they would maybe bury him in three, like you'd have the mesa's talus, and you would take one of the uh, corners of it and cut it. So he'd basically be like a three-cornered baguette, and the tzitzas are in there anyway, but he doesn't have tzitzas on all four corners. Tosu says there's a minig not to bury with tzitzas. Hmm, what about the Gemara? Right? And if the Gemara was based on Loyeg Larosh, like there's a two elements of Loyeg Larosh. There's Loyeg Larosh, that how it's such an important mitzvah, how can you deny it from a person 
at, at, the, at the funeral, at the burial, then don't indicate that when you're walking around in a, in a cemetery. But why do we take the tzitzis off? So he says, hey, said, didn't we say you're supposed to put it on? Then he brings another question. The Gemara says that in, in, in Baba Basra, that they discovered tzitzis on the buried bodies of those that died in the desert. And they were able to take the tzitzis off of them and use them. All right. Without getting into all those details, how did that happen? It must be that from the time of the first Jews, they buried people in tzitzis. Right? Not just the Gemara Menachos about Leig Rosh. They found tzitzis on those dead bodies that, that, of the people who died in the desert. So he says, that's not such a big question. Why? Because what did they do? Every Tishabov, they would go into their uh, they would go into their graves alive. And then in the morning, Hakruz Yatza, the the call went out. Right? Not everybody died, so... Right. So therefore, but everybody who went, went in there right. hoped they would be the ones waking up. So uh, so they, they they didn't go in there tachrichim, so therefore you can't bring a raya from there that when you when you're when a, that a dead person wears tzitzis. Because everybody who went in there thought that but, uh, many of them, a good percentage, most of them died. But the ones that went in thought they might live. So maybe that's the reason why they were wearing tzitzis. But that's not a proof that on a dead person you put tzitzis. Okay. But okay. So the, the question from the Masei Midbar can be neutralized. Still, why is it that we specifically tassel the tzitzis or take off the tzitzis of a mace? It seems to be against the Gemara. Okay. So uh, now, Rabbi, Rabbi Kivalevich, yes. Okay. So are these like the idea of washing the mace and everything? Is that a, a more recent thing? Because if they died in the desert, they didn't give them a tahara, right? Is that what you're saying? There was no tahara done? Well, we don't well, we don't know. They dug their graves and they died in the graves, but that doesn't mean there was no right, tahara. But I'm just saying we Say that if some we found that somebody died, we found them with their tzitzis on. Yeah, yeah. So we would still, we would give, we would do the tahara process. So apparently, I I'm just asking. What it seems like this whole is this all? Like, you're, you're, I think your question is the following. Tosfos's answer is they went in alive, right? Yeah, yeah. You're you're responding to Tosfos. Wait. The ones that the people in the Midbar saw were dead, they probably just didn't leave them there, right? Yeah. They probably did a tahara on them. And if they did a tahara on them, maybe it's a proof that they left the tzitzis on. Because right. if, if, in other words, Tosa's answer is supposes 
that, look, a guy went in there with his tzitzes on, okay, so that's nothing, we don't have anything to do with it. Right. But if you say, we still attended to them afterwards, that mm-hmm. the other people who were alive attended to them and they had to clean their bodies before they would just let them lie there, mm-hmm. then why is it that they still allowed the tzitzes to be on there? So that would seem to indicate that you are supposed to bury somebody with their tzitzes. That's right. Okay. However, okay, so so that, that's, I think, your question. Um, all right. Let's look at the Rees answer. The Rees says, you know why things have changed? He says, when the Gemara Menachah says, put tzitzes on it no matter what. You know why? The world's changed. And the time that that Gemara was said, everybody wore tzitzes. Kulam you loved shim tzitzes. So therefore, if someone on his tachrichim didn't have tzitzes, it was lag godol hoyo. In other words, the idea of being alive and a Jew doing mitzvahs was wearing tzitzis. That was like the image of a Jew. Everybody wore tzitzis because everybody had four-cornered begotten and everybody wore tzitzis. So, therefore, it would be, so it's not like we saw before according to Rabbeinu Tam, that it's such a big mitzvah, it's connected to God, it's connected to everything. No. And it's not like the Rashbam who says, somehow, you know, the Rashbam is only dealing with tzitzis versus client. The Re, Rabbeinu Tam's nephew, says that the reason why it's such a big leg l'rosh is because it's so universal. If it's the type of thing that symbolizes being alive, the type of thing that is is synonymous with being a living human being, then not having it is like a lagodal. Yeah, he's dead. No more tzitzis. Tzitzis alive. Alive tzitzis. Everybody alive. Where it's every male that's alive. Where it's tzitzis. So therefore, dead with no tzitzis. Ah, now he's dead. That's it. Other mitzvahs are different. And maybe the re would understand the Rashbam's more. Oh, there's no Hanoah. You know, they have Hanoah. Why, why? No. But this, it's not because the mitzvah is philosophically so important. It's because it is sociably, uh, anthropologically so prevalent that it represents what it means to be alive. Therefore, if you don't put the tzitzis on, Oh, he's dead. Of course, he's dead. Ah, the mace. The mace somehow feels that, and somehow that's 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 the, uh, uh, the lack of sensitivity to the mace. That's the way things used to be. Today, not everybody wears tzitzis, and therefore. <laughs> If everybody gets tzitzis on, it's actually a bigger lagerosh. It's like, oh, now? Like, oh, look at him, all decked up in tzitzis. The guy they didn't wear tzitzis when he was alive. That's even a bigger lagerosh. It's like, what, what are you doing over here? That's not who he was. It's like you, you're turning him into a getchka after he's alive. In other words, the whole point of Legla Rosh, according to the Re, is now he's dead. It's not like he was when he was alive. 
if you if you flip it, it's like the, we know the man never wore tzitzis. The man never ran. All of a sudden, he's decked out like you know. Like, like again, it's like you know, it's, it's like a Catholic funeral, right? 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 In his lifetime, the guy was you know a Catholic mafia funeral, right? In his lifetime, he was Corleone. The guy was like, right? The guy had a machine gun in his hand. Oh, look at him now. He, he, he's got a palm leaf in his hand. So it, it's like everybody's looking and saying, ah, look at that, Dad. Right? That's the bigger leg, LaRoche. So therefore, that was the reason why we have the minig to actually, oh, wait a second, Satosa says, now, why don't you just, the people who wear tzitzis keep the tzitzis on. Why do you take tzitzis off of everybody, right? So Tosva says, let's say you figure like this, a person who Baruch Hashem kept the mitzvah, did it right, wore four-cornered begotten with tzitzis, he gets tzitzis on. So it shouldn't be but somebody who never, who didn't wear tzitzis, he doesn't get tzitzis. What's going to happen? Yizbaishu, hachayim. What's going to happen is the ones that are alive who aren't wearing tzitzis are going to say, oh boy, because we know in the parag, we, we don't want to have a funeral custom that will make people feel a little bit unnerved. For example, the Gemara had said originally that um, they used to take the clothing of young women who had died and we, we used to take them to the mikvah. Why? The ones that were menstruants. Because the clothing, even though they're dead now, but before they died, when they were still in a menstrual stage, all that stuff was tame. So what they would do is they would, as they were taking her out for death, they would also take her begotten and make them tahar so the begotten wouldn't have it because remember she's an abatuma her begotten became tame as well so so the women were embarrassed by that because they would say oh look now right they would say look now they're uh, they're doing this funeral thing and they're being tovel you know look this sort of like puts undue attention to us that we are menstruants, and when we're menstruants, we make things tame. So what did they do? They said, everybody, everybody, no matter who, no matter what woman it was, it became part of the funeral custom. Begodim, go into the mikvah. Even if the woman hasn't had her period in 20 years. No. Begodim, go into the mikvah. Because this way, we are worried about the feelings of everyone. From funeral customs, people take messages. And if they see, oh, you see, nidos, that's what you got to do to a nida. So all the nidos are thinking, oh boy, it's, that's a message on us. And everybody's watching the funeral and they're seeing, and we will now put the begotten into the water. Wouldn't that logic apply to the men? So they should also have sitsits? Do something that everybody will. Um, Everybody will stare and say, oh, boy, yeah, when women are menstruants, they make everything tome. Yeah, 
That's why they did that. Hey, why are they taking all those begotten? Why is they, they're burying the lady? Why are they taking all those begotten to the mikvah? Yeah, because she died. She was a nida. Oh, yeah. And nidas make stuff tummy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's what everybody's talking about. And all these nidas are looking around saying, are they looking at me? Are they looking at me? And like all the women that are nidas, right? And they're wearing special nida clothing. People look at them. Oh, yeah, you, you make everything tummy. So then they said, you know what? We're, we're going to stop that. It's not about being a nida. It's going to become some sort of obscure funeral custom. When a woman dies, we are tovel her caliph. Okay. And it has nothing to do with being a nida anymore. Oh, now they feel better. That was, that, that was what happened with this minug, this funeral minug. So Tosva says, that's what happened here too. We didn't think of what you were saying, Richard. Okay. Tzitzis, for those that wore tzitzis in their lifetime, it's such a great mitzvah, like Rabbeinu Tom said, tzitzis on your, on your shrouds. Because if you do that, People are going to say, the ones who aren't wearing tzitzis, they're going to watch that. Everyone's going to see there's tzitzis on this guy. And they're going to say, oh, yeah, that guy wore tzitzis. <laughs> that guy's special. He wore tzitzis. And the guys who aren't wearing tzitzis are going, all right, all right, yeah. Rabbi Kivalevich, I... I re- embarrassed because, oh, that lady, the one who died when she wasn't a menstruant, they didn't take her begotten to the mikvah. The one who did, did. And they were saying, oh, boy, this is embarrassing. Because now everybody, this this puts front and center. When you're a needle, you make everything to me. You make everything to me. Everything's to me. Ah, they didn't like that. So therefore, we still wanted the Begotten to become Tahor. So we said, everyone gets the Tarot, no matter what. It's not about being a needle. It's something about it becomes some of this obscured funeral process that Things go to the mikvah. Okay. People, and and, that, and that, that, that's how it's settled. So if you're going to have a situation where there's going to be a difference in people's funerals, right? Where you're going to say, the guy that wears tzitzis, he gets tzitzis on his funeral. The guy who doesn't get tzitzis doesn't get tzitzis at his funeral. So the people who are watching are saying, oh, that guy's a tzaddik. Yeah. Look, he got tzitzis on his funeral. That's what he wore, right? Yeah. And then they're looking around. And they're seeing there's these other guys not wearing tzitzis. They're feeling embarrassed. That's Tosis's parallel. So what they did instead was, so you could have thought what they would have, they could have put tzitzis on everybody. That they can't do because that's ridiculous. So they took tzitzis off of everybody. <laughs> so they took tzitzis off of everybody so nobody would be embarrassed. Even for the guy who always wore tzitzis, we decided no tzitzis for anybody. So it's the parallel to sending all the kalim to the mikvah. That, that's Tosa's answer. That's, that's how he says we've come up with this minag of taking the tzitzis off. Then Tosa says, Where do we see a smach? Because it says in Mesechtas Smachot. And Mesechtas Smachot is one of the Mesechtas, and this was one of the great expertise of the great tzaddik Hanifta Rav Chaim Mashmaryo Yosef Chaim Kanievsky. He wrote Biurim on the Mesechtas Ketanot. I, I believe he wrote a beer on Mesechtas Mochos. I know he wrote on Mesechtas um, Avodim, Mesechtas Kusim. All these Mesechtas that are printed in, in the back of Gemara Vodazara or others, some, depending on which shas you have. And those are not really what we would call the accepted Mesechtas of shas. Rav Chaim wrote a beer on them. Uh, as, uh, and the one that I bought first was Mesechtas Avodim. And Rav Chaim 
wrote expensive, expansive biurim on them. In Mesech Tesmachos, it says, Abishol Tziva Esbanov, Abishol, and this is not in the Babli anywhere. Now, where, when were these written? These were written in the time of the Gaonim. And Mesech Tesmachos especially has a lot of halachos that don't find them way in the Babli and Yerushalmi. And we end up like who laws about suicide and other things. It's almost like the external books of law, of customs, that didn't make it into Shas. But it mentions the name of one of the great Tanoim, Abishol. And Abishol told his children, bury me under the feet of my father. And Rav Chaim, of course, was also buried by his father. I believe he was buried, I think, next to his father. I believe so. Or close to his father, the great Stipler. But he says, bury me there. In other words, in other words, where my father's feet are, I guess that's where my head should lie. In other words, where my father's feet end, that's where you should put my head. My father's greater than me. And my head should be under my father's feet. And he says, And get rid of that from whatever my, my garment that I'm wearing. So it's in the Masech Tesmachas. Tosa says, It's not clear why Abishol says what he says, but it's in Masech Tesmachas. So we have this minag, it's in Masech Tesmachas, and that's the reason why we do it. And Tosa explains that, in a way, it's not Loyegurosh anymore, even though the Gemara says it would be, not to have tzitzis. Tosa says that was in their time, but this time things are different. I want to share with you um, the Tosas Harosh that I mentioned before on this subject. Uh, first of all, the Rush gives us a little bit of a background. His Tosas version says, What changed? Was the fact people aren't from anymore? So he says, First of all, in the time of Chazal, most Begotten were four corners. Kibiyameyan. So therefore, that was the reason why most people wore tzitzis and we left it on them when they were dead. Today, clothing has changed. People don't always, that's not your normal beget is a four-cornered one. So therefore, we're not going to put tzitzis on. As we said, it's a bigger leg rush. Now, he then says, he quotes the same answer of Tosus about, let's do it for the ones that did and not for the ones that didn't. So he says, maybe it's different than the case of Nita. In the case of Nita, there's no reason to draw attention to them. They are blameless, right? Maybe here, in other words, maybe we should let people see in the funeral procession, yeah, that's what we do for a guy who wore tzitzis. In other words, there's no reason for a poor Nida to feel bad. She's done nothing wrong. She's just menstruating, which is the teva of the Bria, to menstruate. And Tuma is what the Torah says happens. And, and why should we call attention to her? But maybe 
this will be an impetus to get more people to wear tzitzis. Right? So the Rosh answers, or his Tosfus answers, Halesa, the Ein Kol Kach Avera, the Lo Chayevist Torah, also tzitzis, so Mishesh Vodalas, Basalak Nafais, if, if people don't wear begotim anymore that have four corners, that's not such an Avera that they didn't want to specifically buy a Dalid Kanfos Beged. We should care about them. Okay, they're not Rav Chaim Kanyevsky. And by the way, Rav Chaim's minag was that he would wear, wear it. And therefore, we are worried about their embarrassment. Now, um, the Gemara says that the Gemara says in, in Menachos that a Malach once told Rav Katina, he said, I see, what are you wearing there in the winter? I see you're wearing like a, 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 a not a four color, it's a beged in the winter that has, it's not four corners. And I see that the sheet that you wrap around your, yourself in the summer also, what are you trying to do? You're not trying to wear tzitzis. So the Gemara says, what was wrong? Those begotim didn't have four corners. Mar says, you know what? You're right. You don't have to wear a beggar with four corners. But in a time of anger, God punishes you for not wearing a four-cornered beggar. So therefore, you seem to see, it says, that when, when God unleashes his anger, like in the time of Corona or something like that, when people are dying, when there's wars, God does say, hey, what about you? What about you? Why didn't you wear four-cornered bagot? Well, I didn't have a, I wasn't wearing it. You could have. You're trying to get out doing a mitzvah? So you see that this is a bad thing, and maybe we should emphasize that. The Mar says, you know what? When is it considered like you were trying to get out of it? Again, in a period where most begotten were four corners, and you were the weirdo wearing one with three or five, or it was rounded corners. Then we three corner or rounded. Then we say. Then we say, what are you trying to do? But today, the, and this is the rush talking, we don't look at people that way. And therefore, since most clothing is rounded and doesn't have four actual corners, even if it's a period of God's anger, you won't get punished as if you join the Balei because of that. But he says, the Rosh, if you're trying to be on a matrega, you're not going to get punished. And that's the reason why we take the tzitzis off of everybody, because you can be a good, decent Jew. There's nothing wrong with you. We don't say that, oh, you, you should have been better. But if you want to try to reach a matrega, you want to be inspired to be greater, the Rosh says, you should go out and buy a talus with four corners and puts it on it. Because it is an important thing to do. Now, and he says, we can prove it from Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu himself, and Rav Chaim was sort of like the Moshe Rabbeinu of our generation in a way. Why was it that, that, that Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to go to Eretz Yisrael? You think because he wanted to eat its sweet fruit? No. Moshe said, there are mitzvahs that I can do there. I can't do anywhere else. So we let's be all Moshe Rabbeinus. I want to be in Israel so I can do the mitzvahs. I want to wear a Dawid 
conflicts beg it's like I put scissors on it. Let's all try to be like Moshe. Try to be like Rav Chaim, Chaim Kanievsky. Let's try. And again, he never left there to throw once again. He came, he came from Europe, but once he was there, of course, he never had a habit to leave. He didn't even want to go to Yerushalayim consistently, right? He never went to the Kvarim. He never went to visit these graves. It didn't mean much to him at all. He used to go in the summers. He would go, he would leave to, for his little vacations. He'd take a bunch of farm with him and enjoy learning there. But the point is you're in Eretz Yisrael to do mitzvahs. You live to do mitzvahs. Why not try to do mitzvahs if you can? Then the Rosh quotes the Mesechtas Smokos. Then he says, he adds something which we don't see in Tosfus. He says, Those weird books, those books that aren't from Bavli, those farm chitzonim, those they're outside of the canon of, of, of Shas, we use them a lot. For example, the idea that you always read Vayichal on a fast day comes from there. Right? That comes from there. Because in the Gemara, it says you only read Vayichal. The Gemara Megillah says, what should you read on a fast day? You should read the Tochacha. That's not what it says in, in Masech Tesmochos. We follow Masech Tesmochos. It says, or... It says in Gemara Megillah, when it says, what do we do in terms of our reading customs? It says, when Rosh Chodesh Av is a Shabbos, that's the time that you read Chazon Yishayoh. But based on the Medrash, not from the Gemara, we read Chazon Yishayoh, not Shabbos Rosh Chodesh. We read it the Shabbos before Tisha B'av. So basically what the Rosh does is say, don't discount these books. These Sfarim, which, of course, Rechaim Kanievsky helped be Mavire for Klal Yisrael, are Sfarim that in many ways have... Now, you can wonder, why did those customs become... Um, why did those become uh, greater than what we find in Shas? Remember the point. In Babli, it says, put tzitzis on the guy. Masech Tzitzis, Abishol says, nah, don't wear tzitzis. Take those tzitzis off. In many ways, we follow in our customs things that are connected to these farm chitzonim. These it, Rabbi, Rabbi Kivalevich, is Masechet Sofrim considered one of the chitzonim? Yes, yes. Okay, so there's a lot of stuff in there. A hundred percent. Masechet Sofrim, Masechet Smokos, Derech Eretz Kawa, Derech Eretz Rabosai, all those things which don't necessarily have parallels in Shas mm-hmm. end up, even when, the, this is the point of the rush, even when it's against Shas, being more definitive and establishing what it is that we do. And I think that is really something that Rav Chaim understood, which is one of the reasons he invested so much time into being Mavar that, giving it, giving that thing. So here again, I, I, again, Lekvodo, uh, a, a sort of a, uh, about Loya Gorosh, and I thought it was appropriate to really talk about as today was the funeral, as today was that time. Um, and again, so, Baruch, Mirtashem, we'll have a shir on Thursday as well. Um, coming up, hopefully. This- Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you.